and Joel Embiid, 97.3 ESPN, WENJ, WENJHD, Millville, Atlantic City. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. A Sports Bash Thursday, as we got a lot to dive into. Got a fun show for you, Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, Josh Henning, producing today's show. And you out there, what's going on, everybody? 60 baseball stories for 60 games. We'll continue our countdown. We got through like five of 60 the other day. We got to do better today. We can do that. We can be better. That's how we end every show. We'll do better tomorrow. We'll do better tomorrow. Today we'll be better. We'll get more of those 60 out of the way. But that means that there were some good storylines that we went back and forth on. Uh, D-Ray on the NBA at 3 o'clock. Daryl Reynolds will join us. I'm interested in D-Ray's opinion. Like, does he, as the days go on, if he was going down to the bubble, would he feel safe? It's a good question. Because Malcolm Jenkins today said he doesn't feel safe. There's a lot of signs in the NFL that players and coaches don't feel safe. We'll talk to Adam Kaplan about it today. He has some excellent insight on this very topic that you're not going to want to miss during football at 4 today. Plus, PT and I and you, we all put together our favorite NHL coaches. So this one should be fun for you two guys. People might like your list better than mine, but we'll see. I got creative on my list. Okay, I'm excited. MGPT top five at five. And then you remember the decision. Yes, I do. LeBron James, the decision. Don Van Nata. There's an uh, investigative backstory piece on the decision that's going to air on Sunday night on ESPN. Don Van Nata will join us tonight to give us some insight on the decision, how it all went down, who made the decision to have the decision as a television show. You remember there was a lot of controversy about the airing of that show. Oh, absolutely. See, I'm a, I'm a big, big, big LeBron fan. And uh, that's the one part of his career that I look back at. Besides, it's that and the and the loss to the Mavericks. Those are the two parts of his career that I understand the criticism. Well, we'll talk to Don Van Nata five thirty tonight about what went into the decision, the backstory. It's called backstory. So he's going to give us the full backstory on the decision, how it was looked. Ten years later, look back at that, how it all went down, who decided to do it, do they regret doing it. So that's tonight at 5.30 here on the Sports Bash. So um, we got a lot to dive into today. I don't know, where uh, where shall we start this thing? That is a great question. Baseball? I'm excited for baseball, Gil. I'm not going to lie to you. I was driving down again. Yesterday I brought up how I was driving down with a smile. Now it's day two, still a smile, because now it's, it's about – Actually thinking about the guys running on the field. Running on the field. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little pine tar on the hat. Well, a little I fix mean, of the hat, a little pine tar. Let's hope they can get out there. That's the biggest that's the biggest concern I have at this point right now. I did have a, I did have a morning though before the drive down here. That was more exciting than thinking about baseball? Well it What can be more exciting than thinking about baseball, man? It's an interesting story. So, you know me, retired hockey player at this point. Retired hockey? Retired. 25-year-old retired hockey player. Yes, and the only time I get to skate at this point is when the boys come home from their respected places to play. Don't tell me you you took a morning skate tonight. I, I wanted to. It was planned. But this is what happened. So I haven't seen my equipment in literally a full year because the last time I skated was last summer. So Wait, wait, wait. You retired, so the equipment's... 
Retired. The equipment is in a Walmart black container in the backyard because it's not allowed to be near the garage or near the house because of the smell. So here I am this morning. Retired. Why not just get rid? No, 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 no. Because of situations like this. The boys hit. My boys still all play. They respectively play their careers out, and it's like, hey, bro, do we need another guy? You want to come play? We're not just talking about randos. No, the, the friends still play pro. Whether it's the NHL, a- AHL, Europe, so you know they're they want a good skate. So what? Who do they call when they want a good skate? Well, they call pros, right? So here I am this here morning. Here we go. Here I am this morning, and I go into the black container. You dusted it off this morning. How about this? The Please equi- tell me you didn't. The equipment was soaked, absolutely drenched. Okay. Cl- couldn't even. Pick it up without it actually pulling my arm down because it was just drenched. So I've been thinking about skating all morning long. Last night I was excited to get on the ice. Now I can't do it. Soggy equipment? Disgustingly soaked. So what I do is, boys. From what? From, I guess, rain. I mean, this is outside underneath the... Did it rain last night? Well, no, but it's been a whole year since I... It's been storming. I never thought about it. Are you telling me the the, the Rubbermaid that you had it in didn't protect it from the outdoor... That's what I'm telling you. I was very disappointed. So I call up the guys. Hey, I need extra shinies. I need extra pants. My wheels are okay. The skates made it out all right. Everything else drenched. Boys, I need some stuff. All right, we got you. The guys got everything going. 15 minutes before I'm ready to leave, the ice, no good. Can't skate today. No good ice? No good ice. We got to shut down. Zamboni needs to do, their, do the work. Are you kidding me? So I'm, I'm all over the place. I can't use my equipment. I call all my buddies. They get equipment for me. Here I am, ready to go to the rink. Ice no good. No good ice. I'll tell you what. This morning was crazy. So, wait a second. No, some of these guys are like NHL players. Yeah. So they have no ice to get ready to prepare for the upcoming playoffs here, you're telling me. No, I'm telling you that. That's what I'm telling you. So this is what we're up against. The NHL has their playoff tournament ready to go in about a month. And certain NHL players, there's no ice. Well, I, I don't know how long of a process this is. It might just be a couple of days or so. A couple of days. I mean, these guys, I would think, should be out there going, grinding now, edging. It's possible. Do you think maybe they lied to me and they're grinding right now? I mean, they're no. like, dude, I don't want broads out there. Well, what did they actually want you to do? I mean, do well, they no, have? Do you like when when one of these guys? Okay, a couple of your boys, they're they're NHL guys, all right, and they're pretty high profile NHL guys. These aren't just. Uh, you know, numb nuts. They're guys that you know. I mean, that are that are good. Yeah. They I don't sit, skate with numb nuts. But right, go ahead. Well, you're the numb nut. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. They're saying that about me. Right, right, right. So when they say ah, we need some numb nut out here, what do they want you to do? Like, what's your role in the skate? Well, we play five on five, so I'm a stay at home defenseman. You know, I keep them to the outside. This is what I'm saying. You know, these guys are skating, and I keep them to the outside, and I'm thinking to myself. Oh, I could do this. Oh, like I think to guys? myself, Chris Pronger, I could be this. You got ten guys rocking at this thing. Oh yeah, because what happens is the local rank, some of the junior players comes out, so they're not at college yet. Like there's a there's a good amount of kids that come out. You might have, let's say, fifteen, sixteen. Oh, guys. I thought this was more of like a private, like you know. We have that too, though. Hey, it's like the two of us are getting ready to go back to the NHL playoffs. We need a couple drills. No, so we so it depends you know, on let the me deck. Fire a couple pucks off my face so that I'm prepared 
in the moment that I might get a puck shot off my face. No, we do we do that as well. Today would have been a hey, let's let's go five on five, get up and down the ice. Similar to basketball, the guys want to go out there and run up and down the floor just a bit, just to kind of skate. We have those skates, and then we have the hey, it's just us where it's four or five of us, and I'm the defenseman trying to you know stop two on ones, and I'm sitting there huffing and puffing after three reps. So the moral of the story is, I had a very hectic morning. And I could not get myself on the ice. Very disappointing. What'd you do after? I had a cup of coffee. <laughs> Sat on the couch. What time is the morning skate? The morning skate this morning was 9.45. Well, that sounds late. Is it late? I would think so. I would think in morning skate, like, again, I'm thinking like you're getting ice time and it's early. I guess it's a different world we live in now. There's probably not like um, community skate at this point. There's definitely not. But we also... Know the guy who runs the rink. The guy who runs the rink is very loyal to us. We've been around that rink since we were four years old. So, you know, we have our own locker room and things like that where, you know, it's we kind of run the show a bit. Hey, kick them off. Actually, that never works. So did a bunch of people show up there this morning with equipment in hand and all had to basically stand there with equipment in hand like, hey, sorry, no ice today? There might have been a few, but I got the text before I left, so I'm okay. So and that's all that, late. That's all that matters. No, 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 you know, it doesn't take me long to get dressed. That's an interesting morning. So what are these guys, I mean, are they disappointed? I mean, hey, I got a playoff game in about a month and I can't get ice time. I mean, is, what's they'll, the... They'll be on the ice within the next couple of days. Oh, because now the ice feels bad. The ice place feels bad that they didn't have the ice ready for a couple of uh, NHLers? Yeah, probably. Or just, I mean, we can always <laughs> sna- we can always snag the ice, skill. We have a lot of say around there. I like, what, you didn't have it this morning? Well, I mean, if the if the ice isn't physically ready to rock and roll That's for what I'm us, saying. so the last time you skated was, I mean, this, this okay. Now I played baseball. That would be the equivalent to me of like, hey, I'm going to get up on the mound and you know toss an inning. Okay. You know how? First of all, I can't do it. My arm is completely shot. But you know how my legs would feel if I threw an inning right now. I'm 43. Keep in mind. But if I tried to throw an inning, just an inning, my legs would feel like a mule just absolutely kicked my thighs over and over and donkey punched me. If I skated this morning, I don't know how I would have made it down here. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm not stretching beforehand. Right, like, didn't I'm just you rocking think about right that? It. Like, okay, somebody calls you. Hey, we're going to go down and get a skate in. You know, you want to join us? Wouldn't you be like, dude, I'm retired. I haven't skated in a year. I don't think that's so smart. No, I'm all in. Because I'm, I, I, I only get to skate in the summer. So I think every summer I skate around, I'd yeah, say nine, point, ten times. At some point, you need to make the rash decision that skating's not a smart decision. Like me, I would love to get up on the mound and fire an inning. But at some point, I had to make that decision that can't do it any longer. I don't think there you will know? ever be a time in my life where... I will shut down the hockey. Like this core group of friends that I have, we you will think be that. we will be no because their fathers do. We will be 60, 70 years old playing together at our rink. It's just it's going to happen. It's like when Deshaun asked me to play on this basketball team and I was like, "You know what? I play basketball in my driveway. I could probably handle it." So I decide to tell him, "Yeah, you know what? I'll play. Mark me down." And I get there, and I'm out on that court, and up and down one time I said, what did I get myself into? So then I actually bang a couple threes in a game, and you know what Deshaun says to me? You need to play more minutes. I need you to play more minutes. And I think to myself, 
Are you out of your mind? I'm 43. This league is filled with guys like in their early 20s. The first game we played, we got the crap pressed out of us. I said, you signed me up for a league where teams are pressing. But because I can hit a couple of threes, I seem to be still valuable. But the next time I get asked, I have to take over and say, I'm not physically capable of providing any service for you right now. Sorry. As well as I agree with him. I probably am better than a lot of people playing. If I was 25 at 43, yes, I'm still better than some of these guys. I'm just not physical. And that's that's the truth. I am better than you. (laughs) But I'm 43, and physically, you're better than me. So I can't do it. That's going to be the decision you're going to come to. You might say, eh, I haven't skated in a year. This might be smart. And then you tear a quad. And then you rip a hammy. And then you pull a groin. Eh, you'll, it, you'll make a decision. It might happen, but w- with the group of guys I have, it's just not a question. We will play hockey until until we're not on earth you might, anymore. Like I said, we used to go down. We used to run, make uh, you know runs up and down the court. You know, We did this until we were like 25, 26, 27, and then the people started fading off. Yeah, but these guys aren't going to fade off until their NHL careers are over. And when their NHL careers are over, I still think that we would have like a men's league within our own little friend group. I, I just don't well, see I guess us. So. I guess I don't off. have a like the hockey equivalent. Correct. Because like it seems hockey, like you don't. Yeah. Well, like you know, you can't call up your buds and be like, "Yeah, we're going down to the field. You want to play a nine inning game?" You know, like can't do it. Well, that's why I always appreciated the Sandlot, but because I'm so jealous of that. My backyard, me and my neighbor, wiffle ball wars. I mean, he comes over every uh, couple weeknights a week. We go out there and play a couple innings. We got an ever, we got an ongoing. We'll play two innings tonight because that's all our arms can handle. We'll play two innings tonight. We'll play two more on Thursday. We'll finish up five more on Sunday. You know, this game keeps on going. Now, did you did you set up the whole entire? Nah, it's not ready yet. That's okay, a project. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah, how we're it, gonna. But if you were really into this, I think that project would have been completed that weekend. I can't build a wiffle ball field in my backyard over a weekend. That's well, I don't number one. Th- number two, we're kind of in the middle of a pandemic. To try to get the materials for this isn't the the easiest thing in the world. Like this thing is going. I'm going to have like a mini Fenway Park back there. If you wanted it that bad, you would make. Oh, it I'm not happen. ready for it right now. Okay. Yeah, it's not like I want it that bad. Just something. There's a lot. My backyard's pretty big. So there's a lot like we're trying to plan on, you know, what we want to put where. You know, we could put a full court basketball court back there if we want. Like, you know, so it's like, do we want to put that there? We have kind of like a football zoned area that has like the net with the different things. Do we want to move that? Where do we want to put a wiffle ball field? What You know, like there's a lot of different, you know, visions that you have. So if you just jump on one. You might say, "Ah, oh, I wish I didn't do that." So it's it's a it's over time. Now, how about this? So uh, I'm actually moving into my house on Tuesday, and I've already laid the law down that when it gets time, and when it comes around that um that cold weather time of the month, we will have pond hockey in my backyard. We will be like the we will you have find a, pond a way out that, back. No, we're gonna make it work though. You never had it on like grass. I don't see. I don't know if you really grew. I don't know if we'd be able to execute it like I want to in my brain because it flat out doesn't get cold enough here like I want it to when it comes to those winter months. But you can make a pond hockey rink in backyards. It is possible. I will make like sure that that ice? happens. Yeah, I mean, you just, it has to free. it needs to be the right temperature. You got to freeze it over, and that's my problem here. But I will find a way 
if it gets cold enough to make sure that I have a hockey rink in my backyard. And if that's the case, you will come over and chuck some sauce with me. <laughs> uh, I have not skated on any sort of ice since I was probably 12. 12 years old. Yeah. Now, if we went ice skating, would you have to hold on to the to the helper? I would imagine to get going. But I think once I got going, I probably would be fine. Yeah? Yeah. You wouldn't have to hold on to the sides? I don't think so. I think I would hold on to the sides just to kind of get momentum. And then after that, I think I would be good. Okay. So I actually, I mean, I couldn't play. I could. I can't skate backwards. That's, that's my problem. That's the thing. Yeah, everyone's always shocked by the whole, oh, my, you can skate backwards? It's like, yeah, I mean, I was a defenseman. It would be pretty bad if I could Yeah, I can't skate backwards. Never could. I could never skate. I mean, I'm talking about when I was 12, by the way. So right. I never really tried to learn how to skate backwards. But I can't skate backwards. Now, it's interesting because I was actually at a, a family member, eight years old birthday party, and we're skating around. And it blows my mind because on how natural it is to me, watching people struggle ice skating. Like, you know what, to though? me, move, just move your feet and you'll just skate. You right? know what's just funny, though? I, and that's a point that I think is, is not brought up enough about hockey. That these guys do things effortlessly on skates where maybe 80% of the world or maybe more can't even... Put one skate in front of the other, and these guys do things so effortlessly. Change directions, go backwards, you know, slow, stop. I think that is so taken for granted about how marvelous that aspect of that sport is and underappreciated. you got a goaltender. Not only is he freakishly stopping save, making saves and stopping shots, point-blankers and yada yadas, He's doing it on ice skates. But see, to me, that's just funny to hear because that's just so natural, right? Like, I don't think about how fast I'm Not going. Not most people. Changing speed, stopping, and all that. Like, you just do it. It's just almost as if that's just what you do. You don't really think about it like that, you know? Believe me, I have an appreciation about how unbelievable it is that people can do things of that magnitude while on skates. Now, let me add to this birthday party of the eight-year-old. I will say this. the, the mo Some of the more difficult things to do in sports, I believe, is ice skating and being able to have... It's not only the ice skating. It's to be able to have the hand-eye coordination while on skates. Okay? And obviously, hitting a baseball. Something coming from 60 feet 6 inches at 90-plus miles an hour, the, the, the dimension of the baseball and the small diameter of what you are using to hit said ball. It's almost unbelievable that it has happened so effortlessly for people. Crazy when you think about it. No, absolutely. It's it's definitely crazy. But to go back to the birthday party, so I got the whole, like... Whose birthday party? It, it was a family member, eight years old, and she wanted to race me. Like, oh, I want to race Hunter. I, I, like know. when you were at my house. Yeah, exactly, right? So, uh, you know, she's she's holding on... And the neighborhood kids it, racing you. Exactly. She's holding on to the, the skate helper thing. I don't really know what to call them, but... So we're going from blue line to goal line. So I let her get some speed, and she's... On skates? Yeah, yeah, we're actually skating around the rink. 
And I'm I'm letting her win a little bit, right? Then I come back from behind late. She couldn't stop. So she's going from blue line to goal line, goes full speed into the boards, and she literally lifts off about eight feet into the air, smacks her whole face on the glass. Now her teeth's bleeding. She's crying. I mean, am I an awful person or what? I mean, she reaped what she sowed, right? I, I, that's that's the way I saw it. But I got to go back, look, and I'll bring her back. And look, she wanted to race me. What am I supposed to do? How old is she? Eight. Uh, you know, the neighborhood kids are at my house a lot. We have the backyard, and we don't really have, you know, it's just like people just start coming, and we got all the games in the backyard. It's like, hey, they got basketball going on. Hey, the football, hey they got wiffle ball games. Oh, we got volleyball net back here. You know, it's like people just start kind of, they're coming from all over. And it's like once you're in the game, you reap what you sow. All right, I'm glad that you feel that way because I felt the same exact way. I also feel that the mattress and the box spring is buying a bed, so I don't know how what kind of uh, advice that was for you. That's very true. Yeah, you're going to get me kicked out of my own house before I even move in. Did you get that taken care of? Yeah, we got it taken care of. I think we're wrong. You think we're wrong. Well, after- whoa, 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 whoa. You think we're wrong? Well, I- Have you been swayed no. that you think we're wrong or... Your girlfriend and her mother think we're wrong. I think we are correct, but after asking this question to multiple people, we seem to be wrong. Because nobody thinks the way that we think, apparently. Now, I find that hard to believe, but, you know, yeah, I do my research, Gil. Um, yeah, I think the females disagree with us. I think the males agree with us, for the most part. All right. All right, Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN. Uh, 60 stories. On 60 games. We will continue down that list and give reaction and kind of... I want to give you this... I want to throw this at you. Last night during Powder Blue, Frank and Mosher brought something up, but they didn't really get into it. I was hoping that they would have got into it more, and it gave me a thought. What if the Phillies are not in the playoff race and they haven't signed Real Muto? Would you... Think about trading him at the deadline to recoup prospects that you gave up to get him. I want you to think about that. All right? I want the people out there to think about that. What if the Phillies are not in the playoff race? You know, October, uh, August 31st comes around. They haven't extended Real Muto yet. Would you consider trading him to recoup prospects that you gave away to get him? Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. 60 MLB stories on 60 games. We'll continue to throw some more of those out. Your text, ask Mike and Broad. The text message, 609-403-0973. That's 609-403-0973. All right, 227, D-Ray on the NBA in about a half an hour. Got this text from Tom in Mays Landing. He says, imagine NBA baseball or football players doing what they do on skates. It would be very, very hard. I mean, I'm just trying right now. I'm picturing Deshaun Jackson down the right sideline, just skating full speed while Carson Wentz is dropping back. Right, on skates. Yeah. (laughs) I don't see that happening. No, I definitely do not. Would Doug Peterson go up there and be on the sideline skating back and forth as they're... Nah, the coach doesn't wear skates. Okay, I didn't know if the scenario was the whole field was ice. So you Doug think Peterson. the hockey coach should wear a suit or go with, like, the practice gear? You know, the jumpsuit. So during practices, they go full jumpsuit. Right. You mean, for game days, yeah. I like suit. You got to go suit. suit. I, 
the media members go shoot, the players go shoot. That is one thing that hockey players do kind of take shots at other sports. For example, you see Russell Westbrook coming in and he's wearing like a uh, electrician vest, you know, and like Joel Embiid comes off the bus, he's wearing sweatpants. Hockey players chirp other sports because they always wear suits. That's all they ever know is to wear suits. Yeah, the NBA kind of uh, made people wear suits, and then they kind of got away from it. You know, like the the whole uh, thing where they had to wear a suit for a while, and then you know, just the culture of the league was kind of like, no, we don't want to. And they kind of got they. I think they embraced the players' voice on that. I'm not against it. I don't think it matters what you wear as long as you're playing the game that you play when it's yeah. time to matter. No, but- I just you know, like the hockey coach behind the bench with the suit on. You're wondering, like, uh, would he be better suited if he had the jumpsuit on? I don't think so. I think the suit's a good look. Okay. Yeah, I like the suit. All right. Uh, did you think about the question we just threw out there? I did. So let's go down this road. Now, there is a report. You can read about it on our website, 973ESPN.com. Frank Close wrote more about it, that apparently the Phillies and JT Rilamuto could come together quickly on an extension. Um, the report from Jim Salisbury was that the Phillies are willing to pay Real Muto more than $23 million a year over a four- to six-year contract. That's a monster deal, by the way. Um, The transaction freeze ends on Friday, so you could essentially see Real Muto locked up. But my question was, when I heard Powder Blue podcast last night, which is a great listen, it was on last night with Frank and, and Jeff, they brought up... What if they didn't sign Real Muto? Would you consider trading him at the trade deadline this year? In other words, he's not signed. He's going to be a free agent. You don't know if he can. you can get him to come back. You're not making the playoffs. Do you dangle Real Muto to try to, like, say, get back a player similar to what you gave up to get him, like a Sixto Sanchez? You go after a young pitcher in another organization and say, look, we tried with him, it didn't work out, couldn't get the contract, but now it's time to make him available. I'm I'm against that one. I don't see why you would just do what you just – you traded Sixto Sanchez for JT, and then it's, eh, you know what, I think we're going to trade JT for Sixto Sanchez. I, I just don't think that that would uh, be good at all. And with JT Romucho, he is the best catcher in baseball. He is the best catcher in baseball. Why would you not want that here? And you look at the contract that Bryce Harper just signed. And you look at the direction of this franchise. Even though they're not where we want them to be yet, with Aaron Nola, with Zach Wheeler, with Bryce Harper's contract, this is a team that is going in the right direction at this point. The alternative is, though, that he could walk out on you and you get nada. Well, you sign him. It's as simple. We were talking about this yesterday, and my face was getting all red. I said, you Better sign JT Real Muto or I will be absolutely disgusted. The alternative is not to lose him, it's to sign him. Sign him to this big deal. It's baseball, right? I mean, the salary cap or the, the luxury tax is not that big of a deal if your owner is willing to spend money. So I don't see how you let the best catcher in baseball. Okay, now if that's go. the deal, if that's the offer, six for let's say six for twenty three. That's about hundred and forty million, a little less than hundred and forty million dollars. Let's say that's the offer, and he says no. Do you blame the Phillies for passing on that then and saying, you know what, I think we made a pretty fair offer. We're going to have to 
say we can't we can't make a better offer. This okay, is our, this is our best offer. Six years, twenty three million a year. That's one thirty eight, right? One thirty eight. Does that sound right? I'll trust you on it. I'll say don't this, trust though. my math. Believe me, <laughs> it's in that area. If he declined that offer, which would be one of the, it says here actually that it would be they would be, possibly be offering JT the highest AAV ever for a catcher. Buster Posey makes twenty two million right now. He's the current highest paid catcher. Yadier Molina makes twenty. Grandal makes thirty uh makes eighteen and Salvador Perez makes fourteen point two. I don't think that he would decline that offer. If JT was going back and forth saying, I don't want this, I don't want that if he was asking for twenty five instead of twenty three and the Phillies were not willing to do it, I think then I can maybe put some criticism on them for not doing it for two extra mil a year. But I that offer is too good for for JT Realmuto to decline it. So if they if he was to decline it and say no, then I would say, okay, look, the Phillies offered him a phenomenal deal and they did their part. If That's he what doesn't I'm accept it, then I would have to live if with it. They made that offer. He said no. It's like the baseball thing. I they made a good offer. Well, they said no. They wanted to play 70 games. You offered like if he said no to what was a good offer at that point. August 31st comes around. They don't have a deal. They're out of the playoff. At that point, do you say, now you got to get what you can get for them? It's they, a tough, it puts them in a really – this whole COVID thing puts players in that ilk and the teams in a very tough spot. It is a really tough spot. And, and if it came down to the scenario that you just laid out, I would say yes. You would have to dangle him at that point because if he's declining that offer – realistically, he's not staying in Philadelphia. He's testing the free agency market. It would be hard for me to believe that there's going to be a million other teams willing to spend that much money on a catcher, but we are talking about the best catcher in baseball. So I'm just saying, if he's declining that, what other team is going to step up and say, well, I'll give you $27 million a year or $28 million a year? It's hard for me to believe that so many teams are going to be out there upping that type of offer by so much that JT is going to sign in that spot, you know? I would agree. I, I and look, if you have to, you have to also then. Um, Real Muto is going to be thirty years old. He's you have up to there. say, do you really want to give a six-year, like a four-year contract? Okay, thirty-four years old, twenty-three million a year for for four years. You're still wondering at the thirty-three and thirty-four-year-old season what kind of JT Real Muto are you getting, especially the way that they like to use them. Well, that's what I was going to say. We had this debate before and the amount of innings played. He played the most innings in baseball last year. You will need to see that decline if you sign him to this type of deal. Also, then the it's D like do you get your ROI? The D8, the DH though. The DH will allow this to maybe have more potential because you know what? If he's if he hits that last year of the deal where he let's just say he'll be 35 and he's not the same behind the plate but he still has a decent bat you can look forward to him being in that DH position where he doesn't have to play catcher as much because, you know, you have that DH spot. Yeah, the DH definitely, why I am not a fan, and, you know, stuff like this is why the players are a fan, by the way. Some people think that the players or baseball wants to put the DH in because it makes it a better game. No, no, no. As Scott Lauber said yesterday, they want it in because it's 15 extra jobs. 15 National League teams that now can pay another player as a everyday starter. So 
That's why the union of players want it, is because they can get 15 more of their players paid as an everyday player. And it prolongs careers, as you as we kind it of does. discussed. It does. you got a guy like Paul Molitor, for instance, who, you know, Paul Molitor, when you think of DHs, there's like a handful of DHs that actually um, register, right? I mean, how many DHs can people actually name that they were primarily a DH? Well, Paul Molitor would be one of those guys that essentially, you know, his last, you know, X amount of years in the league – all he essentially did was DH, and that prolonged his career for him to be able to play until he was 41 years old. You get a guy like him or Harold Baines, uh, David Ortiz. These career DHs, guys who are essentially not good defensive players, yeah, it gives them some extensions on their career. I certainly understand from that aspect. Like, you look at... Paul Molitor's career from his age 34 season until his age 41 season, he was in the D8 spot in the lineup over 100 times every year for those years. Yeah. Pretty significant. Oh, no doubt about it. But bringing this back to the JT thing, would you feel uncomfortable with a six-year deal at $23 million? Six for 23? Don't love it. You don't love it? Doesn't mean I don't do it because baseball doesn't have salary caps, so I don't really worry about baseball contracts as much. It doesn't hamstring me. I don't love the deal just when you tell me I'm paying my catcher $138 million. Is the catcher like the running back, or is it like, hey, it's the running back, but it's Saquon Barkley? That's exactly <laughs> what it is. You are talking about the, the guy who does it the best in the league, and you can't take for granted what he does behind the plate. when He... Why do people even try running on this guy? The pop time's unbelievable. He throws out essentially everybody. Why are you even trying to do it? He adds so much. And on top of what he does defensively, his hitting is is really, really solid. So it's, it's sort of like the Bryce Harper deal. When you saw the 13 years, nobody expected Bryce Harper to be the stellar guy for that long. You hope to get nine years out of it, and then the back end four, maybe the DH position. If you sign him till 35... That's funny, though. The DH now makes that Harper deal seem more manageable. Well, I think they knew that going into it, that, okay, 13 years from now, we know there's going to be a DH in the NL. I think that they already thought of that before that deal. But with with um, JT Real Muto, if he plays until if this contract has him signed until thirty five, if he's only good behind the plate until thirty three, and then you eat the last two and he plays DH, that's kind of what you might have to go with 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 this approach. The scary part is you've got Reese Hoskins, who you're like, ah, eh, he might be a DH down the road. You've got Alec Bohm, who you're like, ah, eh, he might have to be a DH down the line. You've got a lot of guys on this team who you're kind of like. Um, Pointing towards being a DH at some you know point, Scott Lauber was on with us yesterday, and he talked about that. Reese Hoskins might be a future DH. You know, if if the DH comes to the National League full time, Alec Bohm might be a future DH if it comes to the National League full time. So, you know, Jay Bruce, when last we saw him, was just beginning to throw as an outfielder because you know he had that issue with his forearm last year uh, that turned him into pretty much a full time pinch hitter. You know, he's got the look, or at least had the look at the end of spring training part one of a full-time DH. So keep that in mind. The Phillies have a couple of guys already that you might be seeing as future DHs. So that might have to come into play when you're thinking about 
Re, um, JT Real Muto and saying, yeah, we'll give you six because we know the last two that you might be able to DH. But you also have to keep in mind, they already have guys on this team that they might be saying, this guy's a future DH. Well, I'll counter that by saying this. With JT Real Muto, he's going to be behind the plate for at least another five years before that happens. And Bryce Harper's, what, 26 years old? So when we talk about him maybe being a DH, Reese Hoskins, I think we'll know what Reese Hoskins is going to be in the next couple years. He might not be in the Phillies uniform That's by true. then. And Alec Bohm, I think he's so young. And, and Scott Lauber also talked about him maybe playing the field as well. So I don't know. I just think with Reese and Bohm, they're too young to just say, hey, this is what they are. There's just too much time for them to think about only being a DH. So for JT and Bryce, that conversation, it, it's down the road more so than right yeah, now. Yeah, it definitely is. Def, uh, Boehm, though, keep in mind, he is, what, 21? In 20, that range. You know, he's like 21, 22 years old. So they would anticipate that he would be around in six years, you would hope, anyway. you get 23, guys. actually. A little bit older than that. Okay, even so, you would think five years from now, they anticipate. You hope a guy, uh, you say that because... How many first-round picks have the Phillies made, and you've never heard of some of these guys? That's what happens in baseball. But Bohm seemingly is a guy who, so far, it doesn't matter you hit 380 in the minors. You come up here and you hit 380 there, you might hit 180 here. You're hoping that a guy, I think he was the third pick in the draft, ends up working out for them. Hey, um, the one thing with JT Realmuto is right now you have the best catcher in the game. It is hard to have that guy have a chance to sign him and let it get away. So I think that the Phillies understand that. They understand with Bryce Harper, they have some sort of, I don't want to say a window, but if Middleton is prepared to kind of keep this core group of guys together and make a couple of runs, you would have to think that JT Realmuto is included in that in that group. No, I think window's a good word. The window is starting to open, though. It's not there yet. We're talking about 80 wins, right? I mean, it's not as if it's the team that's really ready to make the push, but signing Bryce and having Aaron Nola and getting Wheeler, as I stated, you know, with JT Romuto, the, the window is starting to creep open. He's still got moves to make, but if they, we talk about having to sign him, the fact that they gave up Sixto Sanchez. You can't just allow that to walk to a, not walk, but get traded to another organization and then not sign the person you get in return. Sports Best brought to you by Delaware Valley's Accurate Dealers. It's this month that you can visit your local dealer for great deals on the award-winning Acura lineup. D-Ray on the NBA. We had five questions on the Sixers with MKB. We'll ask those questions for D-Ray and get his take on them coming up. At 3 o'clock today, Adam Kaplan's got football at 4. 97.3 ESPN-FM. 97.3 ESPN has teamed up with Seize the Deal for an incredible weekly offer from some of our fantastic local restaurants all over the area. Here's this week's deal. Get a $50 gift card to the High Point Pub, North Shore Road in Absecon for just $25. The High Point always has great specials. You can enjoy late-night outdoor dining till 2. Get this deal starting tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, go right to the website, 97.3ESPN.com, or click on the station app. You'll be able to get it right there, a $50 gift card for just $25. Late night outdoor dining till 2 a.m. at the high point. That starts tomorrow. Seize that deal. Mike and Broads, what's up, everybody? D-Ray on the NBA in 11 minutes. Always great to hear from a guy who played at such a high level, you know, was a member of the 2016 Villanova Wildcats National Championship team, had a couple of 
runs overseas. He's been in some NBA training camps, so very good experience. Looking forward to getting his reaction once we get off the ground with the NBA season, which is about a month from now. Now, I got these dates for you, Broads. Ready? Yes. 724 MLB begins. I think there's actually a game, if I do, if I saw it correctly, maybe prime time on the 23rd, so we might actually have a game right before that. That's, uh, yeah, these are like uh, projected dates. Okay. July 30th, NHL. Ooh, that's the best one. 731 NBA. Again, these are projected dates. These aren't set in stone. 8-6 to 8-9, the PGA Championship. 823. I have no interest in this, but you might. The UEFA final. 824. Round one of the U.S. Open tennis. Ooh. 910. NFL opener. Maybe. <laughs> 915. Game one. Stanley Cup final. 917 through 920 US Open Golf September 31st NBA Finals Game 1 October 21st World Series Game 1 1112 through 1115 The Masters That's what we have on the horizon so I urge you, wear a mask so we can get these great events. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Yeah. Well, oh, when, man, when, this fall is going to be bonkers. Well, when you go over these, I'm, it's hard for me not to question if this is actually going to happen. You know, I don't want to get myself too excited for what an August might be like or what a September might be like if there's a possibility we don't even get this. We don't even know if baseball is going to be able to properly kick off. Well, that's the thing. It's like all this stuff that's happening. You know, the NBA, the NFL today. The NFL today um, canceled the Hall of Fame ceremony, and they canceled the Hall of Fame game. So they've already said we're punting on the traditional open of the NFL season, which is the Hall of Fame and the Hall of Fame game. I don't know how to read into that. Adam Kaplan at 4 o'clock, he'll have some details. Uh, I talked to Adam this morning, and I know that there's some very strong thoughts around the league about stuff like this. Well, yeah, you would think so. You saw Malcolm Jenkins spoke on CNN, and um, yeah, he was very, very... The way he related it with the NBA, it's, hey, the NBA has the bubble. They can do this. Yeah. When it comes to the NFL, you kind of have to trust everyone around the league that they're doing the proper stuff outside of the field. Here's Malcolm Jenkins this morning on CNN. The NBA is a lot different than, than the NFL because they can actually quarantine all of their players um, or whoever is going to participate, where we have over 2,000 players, even more coaches and staff. We can't do that. And so we end up being kind of on this uh, trust system where uh, the honor system where we just have to hope that guys are social distancing and things like that. And that puts all of us at risk, not only you know us as players and who's in the building, but when you go home to your families. Uh, I, you know, I have parents that I don't want to get sick. And I think until we get to the point where we have protocols in place and until we get to a place as a country where we feel safe doing it, we have to understand that football is a non-essential business. Uh, and so we don't need to do it. And so the risk, uh, you know, has to uh, be, be really eliminated before we before I would feel comfortable with going back. Interesting. The risk needs to be eliminated. I got news for Malcolm Jenkins. 
I don't see the risk being eliminated. I might see the risk being reduced. I definitely don't th- see the risk being eliminated. Well, what if this is how it goes down? All right, Malcolm, you don't feel comfortable, and that's okay. I'm not saying he's not allowed to feel uncomfortable, but just like the MLB gave players options, if you don't feel comfortable playing, that's fine. But then the NFL will continue and you will not play, right? I mean, isn't that a way that the NFL can at least approach it? Absolutely. Um, I definitely think that the NFL is going to be at a spot where there might be some players that feel like Malcolm Jenkins. Do we feel that Malcolm Jenkins feels so strongly that he is not going to play? Like, he brought up the trust system. We've brought this up a lot about even the NBA bubble, and Keith Smith kind of confirmed with us yesterday. Those workers at the Disney World location, they are not living on site. So that guy that works at the hotel, that girl that works at the hotel, they're going home. What are they doing in their lives when they come back to the Orlando bubble? Malcolm Jenkins is saying, we don't even have a bubble. that The players can like be, we're all going back home. And then we're going back to the facility to pl- get ready and practice to play a game. You see what's going on in the WWE? No. Infested with COVID. Really? Absolutely. Have they shut down or are they still Actually, doing it? They, okay, they, I didn't well, even see that. They shut down... Because they've been doing taping it. of the show. Yes, okay. they, I think they finally. There's been there were so many people that have gotten it in the WWE. I think I don't want to. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that they put a pause on production. Were they bubbled in that spot that they were recording in the WWE? No, facility? but that's they record the television show from this one spot. Their their performance center, right, down in Orlando. So they're which in is an, the same spot, Orlando. Right. They're in and out though, so it's not yes. like they're in a bubble in that spot. Correct. In Orlando. I think I don't know if they stay there. Like they might not live there. They might live where they live, and then they fly in and out for Monday night if they do Raw, or Friday night if they do SmackDown, but. They just had a massive outbreak. Oh.